Customer experience. It's what sets some of the best companies apart from the rest, yet can often be hard to achieve. Tune in monthly as we uncover the secrets behind great customer experience. This is Experience Better, the CX Podcast. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Experience Better, the CX Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Thompson, Senior Partner Relationship Manager at Kubra. It's no secret that the pandemic is impacting behaviors across the globe, but what type of imprint is it left on payment space for both billers and their customers? In this two-part podcast on the future of payments, Steve Ryan, Principal Product Manager for Payments at Kubra, will discuss how COVID-19 has changed customer behaviors and what payment trends they're demanding and expecting. Steve, thank you for joining the show. This is really a hot topic. All things are surrounding payments these days, so we're really looking forward to uh, the insights that you're going to bring to us today. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. Happy to be here and share some insights with you and, and your listeners. Yeah, it's going to be a, a busy day, so let's get right into it. Um, you know, we've been talking about COVID and this pandemic for years now, and I know we'd all like to move past the topic of discussion. Uh, unfortunately, the reality is it's left its mark on the billing and payments arena and continues to influence your customers. Steve, can you maybe share how the pandemic has affected the expectations of customers in regards to making payments? Scott, you're, you're bang on there. The pandemic has changed a lot um, for a lot of people and, and specifically in the payment industry as well. Uh, cons- uh, the consumers now are, are growing more and more accustomed to you know, their online interactions, whether that, that's shopping for the, the holiday season, it could be you know, grocery shopping. Um, and it's also opened their eyes to managing their personal finances uh, differently as well. So a lot of changes um, impacting a lot of people. Um, and you know, these individuals are more, I'd say digitally proficient, um, as a result of these changes and they're expecting and comparing, uh, their overall digital experiences now to the likes of the Amazon or it could be Netflix or who's getting who with Uber, Uber eats. Right. So a lot of changes, good and bad. Is it, you know, so a question for you, is it, it's almost unfair to compare, the utility industry or the insurance providers that we deal with, with some of these customer experience giants that we see and evolved over the last couple of years. Is, is that even fair to sort of compare the two verticals? Well, is it, I guess is the question, right? Um, I, I would say absolutely, but coming from the payments industry, that's one thing. But if I'm looking at it from a consumer perspective, is it really? Like we really should be comparing ourselves and our use cases and our experiences against those individuals that have made those changes. Right. So, right. You know, who's kidding you as a result of these utilities and other industries um, like utilities have to make these changes now. And as a result, they are making them and they're moving quicker. And that's all thanks to that pandemic. Right. So, you know, you look at it, you know, from a, a stats perspective, you know, let's just look at Amazon I keep referencing Amazon. Yep. In 2020, Amazon delivered 4.2 billion packages. That's in 2020. They haven't released 2021 stats, but if you do a comparison of that in 2020, uh, sorry, 2019, uh, that's up from 1.9 billion. So wow. 4.2 billion packages. Um, you know, one of the uh, things that I looked up specifically was their best month from a delivery perspective. And that was in July of 2020. 
they've delivered four, uh, sorry, was it 415 million packages in July alone. So as of right now, um, in early 2022, Amazon is poised to become the largest U.S. package delivery service. That means they're they're overtaking USPS, uh, UPS, and FedEx all in one. Wow! Um, you look at other stats too, right? You know, we reference Netflix uh, in 20, uh, 2020, Sorry, it was two thousand and one. Uh, Netflix had less than five hundred thousand subscribers. Uh, today, it has over two hundred and fourteen million paying memberships worldwide, um, and that includes seventy four million in the U.S. and Canada alone. Um, Netflix users spend roughly, I think it's 3.2 hours per day watching their content. Um, so it's, it's, you know, yes, it's unfair to compare us, but that's what everybody is using these days. And I know within our, our household, you know, between Netflix and YouTube, I'm sure my stats are way above all of those right now. Netflix. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that name. Maybe you can elaborate. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know what the world would have done without Netflix over the last couple of years, to be honest with you. And I can definitely say for the same for my household, uh, Netflix consumption uh, definitely spiked in the last two years because there's really not much else you can do as a family. So, so what can billers do with this information, Steve? I mean, with customer expectations for greater payment experiences at an all-time high, thanks to Amazon and, and companies like Netflix, how can billers satisfy new demands for their customers? Well, I always compare it to one individual, and I'll throw this at you and see if you can figure it out yourself. My answer would be, we got to become Usain Bolt. As he chuckles. Master. Um, master. So so what do I mean by Usain Bolt? Well, at the end of the day, our payments need to mirror what he does in his life. What does that mean again? That means they need to be faster, they need to be smarter, and they need to be more engaging. Okay, you look at Usain Bolt again, fastest man on the earth. Smarter in that, you know, he uses up the energy that he needs just to get through the process that he needs to get through. And who's yep. kidding who when that guy's on the line, he's the most engaging guy on the line and at the finish line as well, right? So they've got to be all three of those things. But, you know, again, that's not all. Um, on top of those three key attributes, um, customers will, if not already, be looking for the billers to provide way more financial assistance. Um, again, with the pandemic, a lot of people have a lot of debt that they are unable to to manage right now. Interesting. Uh, you know, it's interesting you say that because a quote I often hear is the only thing advancing faster than technology are customer expectations. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Um, it's unbelievable how true that statement is. As we know, the payment experience of customers is more relevant today than ever. Um, it's becoming a key focus for the util uh, utilities and the other industries that we've been talking about, right? Customers are opting for, for faster and more convenient payment methods, uh, such as utilization of digital wallets, QR codes are, are, are big now. And you know we're even leaning more towards AI channels such as chatbots and smart speakers, right? So you know, we're leaving our, our traditional forms of payment like cash and check behind and adopting these more streamlined, quick and easy, frictionless payment offerings. Okay, so you use the words faster and more convenient payment options. And, and for me, this really resonates with the term frictionless payment experiences. 
So when you say faster, more convenient, what what is it that you sort of are implying there? Well, at the end of the day, a frictionless experience. It, it's got to be easy. It's got to be quick and in and I'm done. Um, and making it easier for consumers to pay their bills by reducing the number of steps in that process is removing that friction. It's it's essentially helping deliver a more positive customer experience. Um, a frictionless payment experience streamlines that entire checkout process. It eliminates or cuts down time with regards to waiting. It's removing those barriers to making that purchase or bill payment. Um, you know, a good example is, you know, look at um, Starbucks. Right, double click. I add money to my wallet. I purchase a coffee. It's it's completely and utterly frictionless. I I go through a, a drive-through and I pick up my coffee with no problem. You know, some of the other examples of frictionless options are are one-click payments, like pay by text, right. where customers are receiving that text message, prompting them, reminding them that they have a payment, and they're simply responding back with pay, or an auto pay, which automatically de- uh, deducts that payment from their individual. Um, account uh, that they signed up based on the due date. So there's a number of different things that they can do. And, and digital wallets are, are increasingly becoming popular types of frictionless payment methods around the you know the globe right now. And you know you've got retail that are really driving that uh, that trend right now. Yeah, and and you know that really resonates with me. Your your mention of digital wallets, you know, and I know Cooper presented a webinar on digital payments uh, a couple months ago, and is really eye opening to see how this channel has taken on new life since the pandemic. You know, can you share more a little bit how digital wallets fit in with meeting the new demands of customers today? Sure. Um, you know, you look at the beginning of uh, 2020. The popularity of digital wallets uh, was already ramping up, but it was, you know, again, the pandemic that really hit that accelerator for the the adoption of these uh, means of payments. In fact, I think it's over the past year, digital wallet spending actually surpassed cash as the most popular payment method for in-store purchases. But again, no surprises there because they want contactless payments, right? So the appetite for that secure contactless payment option is higher than it's ever been. And it's expected to increase um, as we move on. You know, these individuals that we, we keep saying they're digitally proficient, they're on the hunt for that safe, easy to use, contactless payment, and digital payments are, are ticking all of those boxes right now. You know, you look at it from a user perspective, it, it allows the consumers to go away with physically carrying a wallet. Right. All of their payment information is stored securely on their device. Online transactions are streamlined. Um, it allows them to to shop and pay quickly. Um, you know, you, again, I always go back to that skit in Seinfeld where he had Costanza with a big wallet, right? You know, he's got a bad back because his wallet is so heavy. Well, now everything's stored on your digital mobile device. You know, it, it allows you to organize your information. Um, it's easy to access. And it saves it saves time, you know, shuffling through your your wallet, or you know, you're going through the drive-through with your wife, and she can't find her wallet because it's in yep. that purse that's got everything plus the kitchen sink in it, right? So, it, it solves all those issues. Um, and and the nice thing is too, what people fail to remember is it, it adds that additional layer of security that right. uh, customers aren't really sharing their information with the billers now. Um, instead of payment information, you know, being on your card, it's now encrypted. E-wallets are also restricted from biometrics, 
um, you know, utilizing passwords, finger checks. It could be a face identification. Could even be two-factor authentication. So there's so much more security built into the digital wallet, and more and more people are realizing that. Um, you know, Juniper research showed that the growth in the popularity of digital wallets isn't a short-term thing. You know, it's it's something that's going to continue. You know, a Juniper research showed us that the growth in the popularity of digital wallets isn't a short-term thing either. I'm. I really hope you're having some stats for us because uh, this is something, digital wallets is something that I personally have embraced in the last couple of months uh, myself. And if I'm any indication, I would imagine these stats are going to be off the charts a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and some of the stats that were reported are pretty large. So think about it. So total span through digital wallets will exceed... 10 trillion by 2025. That's up from 5.5 trillion in 2020. So that research alone confirms that 83% growth in spend will continue to be fueled by digital payments and the habits that we created specifically during this pandemic. So that, those numbers are, are crazy. Large. Yeah. So it's, it's doubling in, in five years, which, um, it's it's astounding and that's just on digital wallets alone so that's not even you know factoring some of the other explosions that we've seen in online payments and and you know customer behaviors so let me ask you this what about things that we're seeing these days buy now pay later we hear about it all the time and looks like this payment method or uh, i guess this avenue for payments or, or payment processing or spreading out payments over a period of time is growing in popularity yeah, uh, for sure. You know, buy now, pay later, or BNPL is a is a short term financing avenue that allows consumers to make purchases and pay for them at a future date. Um, and in most cases, it's it's interest free. Um, you know, it's another payment option that is gaining popularity with consumers. And you know, again, that's one of those things that I referenced earlier with financial aid and assistance. Um, they don't want to wait to have to make that purchase. So it's it's another avenue for them to go ahead and pay for all of that at once. Um, I think uh, today, roughly about 30% of the consumers uh, have financed a purchase through this type of service, and 11% of them are interested in using it again. So, you know, it's, it's gaining popularity. Um, mm -hmm. People are using it, they're adopting it, um, they're using it more than once. Um, you know, another stat that I have here is 29% report they would have made a smaller purchase or not purchase at all without this financing option, right? So again, it's, it's adding some value to those individuals that might not necessarily have the funds at this point in time, but have the, uh, the ability to finance it and make smart tr uh, transactions, you know, on top of these purchases, um, they might not otherwise have. 55% of the consumers say they tend to use or spend more utilizing buy now, pay later uh, technology. Interesting. So buy now, pay later, BNPL, it's obviously here to stay because it has its own acronym now. I traditionally equate buy now, pay later with actual, you know, the purchase of actual physical goods. You know, you want to spread payments out over a period of time and, and then, you know, you ship your product. Are we seeing this in, you know, more consumption areas like utility spaces and things like that? Um, are we seeing this type of model being embraced by customers? You're 
Starting to see it right now uh, make its way into the utility space. Uh, again, a lot of individuals, because of the moratoriums and everything that happened throughout the uh, pandemic, um, are starting to get lifted, um, and individuals are carrying large utility debts. So it is another means of being able to go through the process of making that payment. So it, it's another form of a payment arrangement um, for that end user. So starting to see it, it's not hugely uh, adopted at this point in time. It's more in the retail space, but we will start seeing it uh, work its way into utility space for sure. Excellent. That's all for Experience Better, the CX podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please send us your questions and continue the conversation with us on Twitter or Facebook at Kubra Way. That's K-U-B-R-A-W-A-Y or on LinkedIn at Kubra. Thank you, everyone.